3: Hello, my name is Julian Glover, I'm an English actor, as you can hear, and I'm appearing on the Nerdy Show, which I hope you're enjoying.
1: The State of the Empire Nerdy Shows Star Wars Speculation Podcast, where we look for news in Alderon places. Hi, I'm Cap. Hey I'm Doug. Hey I'm Matt. And man it's been a long time. A long long time in fact. Yeah. <laughs> and some huge Star Wars news has happened. First of all the cast has finally been announced for episode 7 most of it anyway and it's been announced that the expanded universe is officially not canon. We we've speculated on it in many episodes prior what the situation might be and
2: StarWars.com
1: recently spelled it all
2: out for us. But hey, let's party! May the fourth be with you. Yes, May the fourth. Although now May the fourth is on Sunday. Yes,
1: this episode comes out May the fifth, actually.
2: So do you know what they're now calling May the fifth? It's Cinco de Mayo. Right. But if if it's May the fourth and the following day is Monday, no, it's it's Revenge of the Fifth. Okay, I think I think May the fifth works better. But well, it's not. If you say May the fifth, it's not the actual day. You see, when you say May the fourth, you're actually saying May the fourth. Yeah. But if it's Revenge of the Fifth, it's at least sounds like Sith. Yeah. It's,
3: it's like the the prequel holiday. There you go. Yeah, yeah.
2: Because it already is a holiday because it's Cinco de Mayo. So it was already there before. Get drunk and watch the prequels. It's the only way they'll be worth a damn. And eat tacos.
1: <laughs> In honor of May 4th, we released a, uh, a special edition of A Hard Truth with Doug, the classic that started it all. Why Jar Jar is Greater Than Chewbacca. Doug, uh, elevator pitch for Hard Truths.
2: Well, Hard Truth is a video series where I will tell you something that is hard to believe, but it's true. Like something that you don't want to believe, but the more you think about it, the more you say, damn it, he's right. (laughs) You do some controversial. Yeah. Yeah. Some
1: very convincing, controversial arguments. Yes. And you perform them live in front of audiences. Yes. And without incident so far. (laughs) We'll link to where you can check it out on this episode's page. Share it with your friends, spread it like a virus. The truth must be told. Uh, If you've heard Doug's argument already, you know it to be true. But if you haven't heard Doug's argument... Now's the best time. It's you need to open your mind. (laughs) Because May the 4th has happened, there's actually probably going to be some kind of announcements and so on that this episode won't actually contain. Matt, I understand there are some rumors.
3: Yeah, I mean, what, what I've started to see is that there's rumors that we'll have a title on May the 4th. The Disney chairman said that casting's not done, and there's rumors that there's the major female role in the, uh, the saga hasn't been casted yet. They've certainly said it's definitely a female at the very least. Most of the complaints have been that it was, it was very uh, masculine-dominated cast, and so they've, they quickly came out and said, whoa, whoa, we're not done yet. There's females on the way. That's female. good
1: because I had seen those articles citing that and I was like, well, no, there it is a, a gentleman's club in there. So in this episode, we're going to be talking about the casting. We're going to be talking about like Star Wars Rebels, which since the characters have debuted, we haven't even had an episode since then. So we'll be yeah. talking about all kinds of stuff, our opinions on them. Matt, is there any other May the 4th stuff you've, uh, you've heard of?
3: Disney may announce the Marvel plans for Star Wars because we've already gotten the, the book plans. They don't want to call and expand the universe because it's a unified canon now. So it's just like the plan for Star Wars novels in the future, but we haven't gotten anything on comics yet.
1: Ah, uh, that's what, that's what you meant. I was like, Marvel plans? What are they talking about? I mean, they're just, a, <laughs> they're on the verge of debuting, or I guess they've announced that they're bringing Marvel characters into Disney Infinity. Mm-hmm. So that probably points to it's only a matter of time before star wars gets in there too
3: oh i'm sure rebels will be there like the day the the show starts
1: at least oh oh yeah there there was one more thing wasn't there that there may in fact be a rebels trailer out
3: oh yeah they've confirmed that one actually i'm sorry i you know by this point that that should have already premiered technically right
1: so yeah yeah and if any of these things are in fact true and i guess there there's definitely a trailer we will link to all of them on this episode's page as well as any other critical links That we mentioned throughout this episode.
2: Another thing about uh, May the 4th is it'll be the beginning of Star Wars Weekends at Hollywood Studios. Yes. And when I was looking at the schedule for the guests who'd be there every weekend, every weekend they have somebody from Star Wars Rebels. Yeah, I saw that. I mean, of course, because it's Disney owned and they're going to be pushing it, you know, so I'm just looking forward to going. I guess I'm the skeptical one when it comes to Star Wars Rebels, but I am I will listen to what they have to say.
3: I just finished a, a Disney event and they had a, a Disney had a Sabine cosplayer. They did a whole demo with her fighting off members, the 501st. And so they're they're right. fully. Yeah, it's, it's full
2: rebels. I'm just like, it's one thing to go to Hollywood Studios for Star Wars Weekends and be like, Mark Hamill's going to be there Warwick Davis is going to be there Peter Mayhew's going to be there And someone you've never heard of for Star Wars Rebels Or someone who's not yet famous But they're going to be famous So they're there alongside all the classics I'm like, dude, stop trying to force me to love them No pun intended Doug,
1: (laughs) there there is a precedent for this, though Oh, yeah They were pushing the woman who played Aunt Beru young From the prequels, like, long before (laughs) I mean, like, that happened, It's true, it's true
2: It's a necessary evil that I get But it doesn't make it any more easier to deal with
1: Well, hey, get the autographs before they're a hot item
2: Yeah (laughs) so
1: the the big news the casting there was a table read there was a photo and then the lead female wasn't even there Uh, that's bizarre but which is which is weird
2: who was the actress who was sitting between Carrie Fisher
1: and Harrison Ford a woman named Daisy Ridley who has very very little to her credits she's credited with a thing called blue season she's had a few small tv parts
2: we're a speculation podcast so the speculative side of me would suggest if you're a young lady sitting in between Han Solo and Princess Leia during a table read you Uh, might be
3: the daughter of said characters and her look i mean she looks like natalie portman i mean there i've seen still images of her that are just like you would believe she was an an Amadala. so i'm i'm totally buying that she is a solo kid interesting for sure
2: based off of that if i was a betting man and i was gonna bet that that's the solo kid what's (laughs) this larger
3: female character that we're waiting to hear about like what would that possibly be me personally, I think the lead female has been cast. I think they're probably just looking into something uh, like I wouldn't be surprised if it was like an older, like maybe a, a Mon Mothma type. Someone in their elderly. Years, Judy Dench. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Would that down. mean more like do, so when they mean like larger, do they mean like a character that has a large part in the film or like a main character? I'm assuming
1: it means a name will recognize. One of the things I'm most excited about is that Max von Sydow yeah. is a supporting character. Yeah, yeah, the Good. voice of Vigo, Ming the Merciless, and, uh, and Flash Gordon, Father Marin, and the Exorcist, and of course, who could forget Brewmeister Smith and Strange Brew? <laughs>
2: <laughs> also, the uh, I can't remember his name, but he was in uh, Conan the Barbarian. He was the king who sent them on their quest. Oh yeah, 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 and, and arguably the best scene out of that entire movie. Amazing actor. So thrilled, thrilled that Sydow's there. Andy Circus. Even if he's not in any CG, I don't care, man. I'd like to see him. He's good in like, everything do he does. I want to see him do more non-CG things. I mean, I get it. He's, he's, he's famous for being a monkey. He's famous for being Gollum. He's famous for being uh, King Kong. Let's see him do he was, something else. He was in Ten Ten. That was almost live action. Yeah, almost, <laughs> almost. Kind of. It's like...
1: This poor guy's famous for no one recognizing his face. But uh, I guess the, the man of the hour here is John Boyega. He's 22, and he's believed to be, in the casting that we talked about in prior episodes, the smart, capable man in his teens or early 20s, and uh, likely to be a Jedi in training. Very likely to be the main character of the film.
3: That would blow me out of the water. I would absolutely love it. It's, it's progressive. I understand he's like a really, really good actor. Like That, that would be awesome.
1: He's done theater. Um, he was in the zombie film Attack the Block.
3: Have there been any Attack the Clones mashups yet? <laughs> <laughs> now who was he seated next to in the
2: picture of the script read? I don't think I don't think he was sitting next to Mark Hamill. He's sitting next to
1: the rumored villain character and then somebody else. Maybe Oscar Isaac, who was is the uh the title character of the Cohen Brothers movie Inside Lewin Davis.
2: It was it was a good film and but he he gave a great performance, I thought.
1: The rumored villain, this guy, um his casting was rumored weeks before it was announced that it was official. Adam Driver from the film Girls is, according to Variety, in a Darth Vader-like role. Hmm.
3: And I've seen all kinds of interesting ideas that that just simply means he's masked. Certainly, you know, rumors of him being a Darth Vader-like villain indicates that he's villainous, but maybe not. Maybe it just meant that he's in a mask. Because he's not a particularly a good looking guy. Well,
2: how many, <laughs> good, how many good guys in the Star Wars universe wear a mask? Leia sneaking into Java's palace. <laughs> it's like, yato, yato.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I was
1: really surprised to see Peter Mayhew
3: and Kenny Baker. Yeah, before. I was surprised to see Peter Mayhew reading the script. He's the only one in that picture reading.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I knew that Peter Mayhew was like, after he had the surgery on his knees, that he was, his goal was to get better in time so that he actually could be in The new Star Wars. And with all due respect to Kenny Baker, I'm surprised that they brought him back because I thought that when they did the prequels, they really didn't use him to play R2 at all, did they? I didn't think so either, actually, which makes me question whether he was or not. According to this, it says, I'm I'm reading on IMDb, it says that he's credited as R2 D2 in Star Wars Episode 3, Episode 2, and Episode 1. Hmm. There was something critically. Critically missing from that first press You're, announcement. Read, reading my mind. Doug's nodding his
1: head. Yeah, <laughs> where the living fuck was Lando Calrissian? Where's Billy D. Williams? It they, ain't right. <laughs> they got Kenny Baker back, but they don't have Billy D.
2: Williams. You have to be fucking shitting me. The man is a war hero. He blew up the last Death Star. Yeah, he's the one who realized it was a trap and said, "All craft, pull up." They were about to slam into the Death Star's shields and just <laughs> would have been like bugs on a, on a windshield. It
3: would have been terrible. What's surprising to me is that Disney hasn't come out and said, we asked Billy D and Billy D said no. So I, I don't think they ever intended to, well, Billy to Dee, even ask him. Well, I think maybe, well, it, maybe they yeah. never intended to ask him, but Billy D has always sounded like he was up
1: for it. Here's the thing. I feel like we might be jumping to some conclusions. Now, we didn't see him there, and I'm upset about that. Mm-hmm. Very upset about that. I want Lando. Mm-hmm. However, there's more than a fair chance that he is in the film, albeit in a minor role. And but why
2: wouldn't they have announced his name
1: in the press release? Because they want it to be a surprise. Because they want Lando Calrissian to come in and the audience to go, Holy shit, Lando! Eh. However, Billy D. Williams was on a, a radio show and said this, Lando is alive and well. In fact, I did something I can't talk about. It involves Lando and the whole... It's just a real good saga. <laughs> doesn't say anything! It doesn't say anything, but he's still working on Star Wars stuff. He's still voicing Star Wars stuff. Right, if right.
3: the visceral game's... Open world Star Wars game ends up being that you play as Lando. I will oh, freak the fuck out shit. and pass out. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think I've ever wanted anything more in my life than to play as Lando. <laughs> it was like, oh,
2: I want to play as Boba fett in Star Wars in 1313. Like, no man, Lando, Lando the Lando. game. <laughs> I want a Mass Effect style Lando game, GTA Bespin. To pick your crew man he, he, he was in uh the lego movie that's right yeah
1: yeah which doug and i saw together there's a star wars sequence where um there's anthony daniels and billy Dee williams and someone pretending to be han solo it was
2: it was, right. it was good
3: yeah, yeah it was a nice scene but B- billy Dee did most of the talking yep. which, which was really funny it was great going back to the the female thing I, I finally found uh what the hollywood reporter had. it says that the other female role simply hasn't been cast yet there's sources claim there's still one substantial part left to fill and it will be filled by a woman However, a Mashable editor stated that it was, in fact, a minor role, not a large one in the upcoming film.
1: Something we've been talking about behind the scenes a lot in between the last episode and this one is the chance that Michael Arndt's script has been bumped to the script for episode eight. This film, episode seven, was created as a a necessary stepping stone between the old cast and a new cast, and that Arndt's film may have focused around a new cast instead. If that's the case, then, say, a bit part for a major female actor would be setting up some kind of major figure of this trilogy or something to that effect.
2: Also, the idea that the main character might be female goes back to some of the early rumors, like when Matthew Vaughn, was, his name was getting kicked around, and he was like, oh, that he was looking into getting Hit-Girl to play the main character. Be like Even that far back, they were talking about a female main yep. character. So maybe there was some truth to that. That still could be the case. Um, in theory, why, why
1: would they take this picture? Why would they make this big announcement if they didn't have a key player? Right, I agree.
3: There have been rumors that it was they were specifically looking for someone with mixed race, like uh, Lupita, whatever her name is, that won the Oscar this year and things like that. Apparently, she met with J.J. Abrams. There's some rumors regarding that and that she was going to play Obi-Wan's granddaughter. I really hope they don't give Obi-Wan kids. <laughs> like, I don't know. That's so everybody's violating the rules of the
2: prequel trilogy Jedi.
1: Yeah, yeah.
3: I do hope at least if one of the things that they try to carry over, though, from the expand universe that I don't think the movies ever got a chance to express was that the Jedi's views weren't necessarily the proper views. Like, if you just take the movies in the context themselves, it it looks like George Lucas is trying to tell you, like, love is bad and it's evil and stuff like that. And so without any sort of, like, supporting material to say that, like, Luke's Jedi needed to be a little less rigid in that sort of realm. Right, Now it looks like Abrams could literally do a Jedi Order that's gone back to all those methodologies and stuff. So I do hope there's a little bit of a at least explain that you know there needs to be some room for love that sort of yeah you know cheesy but necessary kind of thing i i agree and also because the
2: idea that they were at least i felt they were trying to get across with the prequels was that the jedi were kind of stagnating you Mm -hmm. know like they were kind of too sterile like it was almost too which was fitting you know because they they kind of lost grip on reality they were up in their jedi temple they're separate from the senate the senate's doing one thing jedis are doing another and they're voting for a tyrant, but the Jedis don't do anything about it. and I don't know. So maybe that's me reading too far into it. But um, I do think it's cool to, to think that with a new Jedi order, you get new rules on how things are supposed to be. Mm-hmm. The true nature of the Force.
1: I like the idea that the, the Jedi Knights were, in fact, flawed and that in a certain yeah. way, their dogmas led to their downfall.
3: Exactly. Yeah, but yeah. do you think that in the context of now what we know is the only like, quote unquote, l- legitimate Star Wars stories? So you think that comes across for like a normal audience member? Fuck no. Yeah, nice. see that that's at this point. The only thing that I feel like gets that across is some episodes towards the end of Clone Wars. I think Clone Wars does a better job of that than the prequel movies ever did. Well, if these new you know, movies the, go in that the, direction. Revenge of the Sith. The only thing you get is Yoda going, oh, you know, like, guess what? I've been talking to Qui-Gon. It's like, well, what's the ramifications of that?
1: Mm. You know, like there's <laughs> no sort of
3: explanation of it.
1: <laughs> yep. Thanks for that
2: bomb drop, Lukey.
3: Also, the yeah. idea that <laughs> the, the the idea that it's like uh, your old
2: master Qui Gon I've been talking with, and Obi Wan's like, you've been talking to Qui Gon? Teach you to commune with him? I will, and then just nothing like never you can't have it tie into the original trilogy where suddenly like they do a special uber ultra edition and then you fake alec guinness's voice or get ewan mcgregor's <laughs> voice and age it digitally as it cuts to a reaction shot of luke you really quickly hear you know, and mcgregor say also i've been talking to my old jedi master and he says this is a good idea it's like it had no purpose if you had left it out at the end of revenge of the sith it would have made no difference
3: they did a scene with uh with liam neeson's voice that they cut from revenge of the sith And it basically went into the purpose of him actually talking to Yoda, telling Yoda, you know, like, hey, I got to teach you about the Living Force because you've had it all fucking wrong this entire time. That's true. I mean, but the deleted scene, is that canon? Like, do we? No, no, no. The deleted scene is not canon. But what is canon now is the final season, the Netflix exclusive season of Clone Wars. They get into Yoda discovering, you know, Liam Neeson came back and lent his voice and Qui-Gon starts training Yoda in the Living Force. So, yeah, it's canon per se now. Or it is. It's a unified canon or whatever. But I don't think the movies ever did a good job conveying that. So my concern is that Luke's order is just going to be rigid and stale again, as opposed to like the kind of more fun, wisecracking one that I grew up with. I don't think anybody
1: involved in this project has any real love for the prequels. And it's all about making it fun, like the films that we all can unanimously enjoy. Well, because look at it Mm -hmm. this way.
2: If if you're if you're J.J. Abrams and you grew up on, you know, the classic trilogy, and now you get to have a say in what the future of Luke, Han, and Leia are. Are you going to say, okay, it's time to scale Luke Skywalker back a bit? He was a little too freewheeling. You know, we need to make him <laughs> sort of like the wise old Obi-Wan, but even more dry. You know, I just, I, that doesn't, for a guy who
3: directed movies like Mission Impossible 3, I, I don't see that happening. <laughs> wouldn't it be funny? While well, I completely agree with you on that, wouldn't it be hysterical if Abrams took Star Trek and made it too Star Warsy and took Star Wars and I made mean- it <laughs> <to> Star Trek? <laughs> Just
2: all this diplomatic talking and everything.
3: Uh-huh.
2: <laughs>
1: That would be amazing. Long, long, long shots of space crap. Like His
2: secret goal as a nerd is to make all Star Wars fans love Star Trek, and all Star Trek fans love Star Wars, and then after it's all over, we can all get along, don't you see? I'm the nerd Jesus, there's no more hate. <laughs> we are actually kind of getting ahead of ourselves a little bit. We
1: should definitely, before we talk any more in depth about this, discuss the dissolution of the expanded universe. Mm-hmm. So it was announced recently, after over 35 years, the EU is done. The books will continue to be published under this uh, Legends imprint, and then there would be new content that would be all working with the story group, which we talked in previous episodes about basically creating a, a group dedicated to creating a unified canon for all of Star Wars. Now, where this announcement differs from what we were thinking was we figured okay, well, it's open season. Lucas had been contending with the expanded universe all along to begin with. Like, Clone Wars had been fucking up amazing expanded universe stories left and right based on his input. And he'd steal from something that he liked and then get parts of it all wrong and uh, then just deal with it, kids. Which I think that they, I think that's the right move personally. Because is it um, making some things not ha- have happened anymore? Yes. But it's also saying no more questioning, no more heartache. If you're writing a Star Wars novel and you're putting your all into it, it counts.
2: The question comes up then for me, because the the one thing about having the expanded universe was always the deniability of it. If fans really liked it, whatever, but George could always come out and say, you know what, it's a great story, but we're not going to consider it canon, but we can still have it out there and enjoy it as sort of expanded universe, non-canonical stuff. But the thing that I'm worried about is, if you're saying from now on, everything that gets officially published is officially canon, well, Disney likes to put their stamp on everything. So the idea of like, okay, we're going to do books – Comics, video games, online unlockable stuff, and this, and this, and this, and baseball cards, and everything. It seems like it's going to get so big. How can you possibly guarantee that all of it will still be canon and not have any contradictions inside it?
3: They've already started to contradict themselves because the already uh, (laughs) Lucas books. They people were asking. They're like, okay, so the movies and Clone Wars are the only things canon. Does that mean the novelizations, the comic adaptations? Da, da da da. And so, you know, Lucas Books put out a tweet that said, "Yeah, the novelizations are canon. You know, the seven novelizations, Clone Wars plus the six movies." And then all of a sudden, it's like, "Well, wait a minute. Return of the Jedi novelization said that Owen Lars and Obi Wan were brothers." Like Obi-Wan actually tells Luke that as as a ghost. Then they tweeted, well, where the novelizations are canon where it doesn't conflict with something that is directly seen on screen. Red alert. (laughs) Red alert, because one of the things that was so great about the prequel novelizations, particularly Revenge of the Sith and particularly the Clone Wars novelization, is they heavily incorporated the Jedi and events that were taking place in the other Clone Wars novels and comics going on during the end you know whether it was like quinlan boss showing up or or obi-wan making reference to sora bulk falling to the dark side and all these different things and now suddenly the only thing that's canon about them is like someone thinking about them or someone mentioning right. them does that make the story canon does it you know they've already contradicted themselves in a lot of ways that's what it, it see i think they screwed up when they
2: said okay original movies are canon prequel movies are canon and the Clone Wars are canon. Like, as soon as you yeah. bring in the cartoon of the Clone Wars... And, and see, not the Genny Tartovsky one. And not even that one. Yeah, yeah. If you just bring in the CG Clone Wars, which I understand it's got its fans, that's, that's fine. But as soon as you bring in something like a TV series and mix it with the films, the TV series can go into so many different directions and introduce so many side characters that only appear in one episode, but there's an entire book based off of them. So when you say that episode is canon, this, therefore this character exists... Are you then suggesting that the book that has that character's story also exists? Like, where does it end? They, they, they attempted to have a clean-cut line of what's canon and what's not, but all it does is raise more questions. What
1: we have here is a situation remarkably similar to the clusterfuck that is the DC New 52, hmm. in which they restarted the entire universe, started all the books at number one, And in some books, you'd get a character's origin story and be drastically different. In some books, it would keep going and would be sampling heavily from previous continuities. Mm -hmm. And the answers to, well, what is and isn't in continuity is kind of wait and see. We'll make it up when we get there. If we're in Swamp Thing and we reference Alan Moore's Swamp Thing as having happened, then you'll know it happened. But we're not, you know, creating any kind of direct map for you. And oddly enough, in the statement for the announcement of the dissolution of the expanded universe, it says exactly that. It says, while the universe that readers knew is changing, it is not being discarded. Creators of new Star Wars entertainment have full access to the rich content of the expanded universe. For example, elements of the EU are included in Star Wars Rebels. The Inquisitor, the Imperial Security Bureau, the CNR Fleet Systems are story elements in the new animated series, and all these ideas find their origins in role-playing game material published in the 1980s.
3: See, and that's the thing is that to me brought up a whole slew of issues that I'm referring to now as the Ponda Baba conundrum. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll explain what I mean by that. <laughs> so they are referencing that Cinar Fleet systems and all these things are coming from the role playing material. The role playing material has been established as not canon, which to me tells me now that the sort of reference style material, whether it's like the essential guides and you know RPG stat books and things like that that to me says that those are also not canon anymore. So like something like a Super Star Destroyer is no longer eight kilometers. We don't know what it is. So then I started to think, well, what other kind of information is contained in those books that would determine what is no longer canon? And the reason I bring up Pandababa is because he was not named until a 1989 galaxy guidebook. He was referred to as Walrus Man by his Kenner action figure until that. (laughs) So does that mean all that stuff reverts back to everyone being nameless unless they were named on screen or in a novelization. Does that mean Pandababa and Dr. Evazon and, and all those cantina creatures currently don't have names? I'd err on the side of no. I'd err on the side
2: of that everyone's going to keep their name if they decide to address it again. Here's what it seems like to me. It seems like when George was still in charge, we talked about the levels of canon before, like tertiary and whatever canon and the separate levels, and it was like six different levels of, of what's acceptable and what's not. It seems like now... Everything is like split into canon, non-canon. There's no levels anymore. You're either accepted or you're something that we can maybe mine for story later. So it seems to me that something like Heir to the Empire or the Thrawn Trilogy is now in the same pile
3: as the Holiday Special. Just this side stuff that if we like it, we might use it. But what material now establishes people's names though because those i think
1: the fact those... that they were cool and we like them establishes that that's that's like that's kind of the, the rule of thumb here i think is is it canon oh was it cool uh, yeah it was cool <laughs> d- d- does anything contradict it no well yeah sure it's canon it's, yeah, can- it's, it's canon until it it it's seems, contradicted
2: it seems like it's not canon until somebody officially says it again yeah is what it seems like so it's like, for for all intents and purposes, Thrawn Trilogy no longer canon until someone in the new film says, oh, we have the report here. Who's been arrested?
3: Well, uh, except oh, that's
1: that's where it turns into New 52 territory because. Right.
3: Yeah, because th- th- that's the kind of stuff that happened in Clone Wars. Like they were changing Jedi's histories. Like, yeah, the, the, like they were naming comic and novel only characters within the concept of Clone Wars, but completely changed their history. Um, God, what is her name? They made her dark side in Clone Wars. They framed Ahsoka for a uh, bombing of the Jedi Temple. And a fellow Padawan of hers was the actual culprit. And that was a complete, even though she was from the novels, it was a complete change of her history. So that, to me, just says then everything that's not in the movies and Clone Wars now has to be non-canon, including people's names until someone gets named.
2: The way I would take it was that if in a film, in a future film, they bring up a character from the expanded universe, like, let's just say someone name drops Mara Jade out of nowhere. Let's just assume, mm-hmm. let's just for whatever, for hypothesis. Someone just says, oh, who's the, who are the new recruits signed up at the Jedi Temple? So-and-so, so-and-so, and someone named Mara Jade. I don't think it should be fair to suddenly accept that every story arc with, with Mara Jade in the past is suddenly canon. It just probably means, hey, we're going to reintroduce the character and do new things with it because we're doing a new 52, a whole new reinvention of it.
1: Right. When you talk about Harley Quinn in the new 52, you're not talking about the same Harley Quinn that you knew whose backstory was relatively the same as the one from Batman the Animated Series. You're talking about a girl who's actually been submerged in a vat of Joker toxin or whatever, and her skin is actually white. It's not painted that way. And she has, like, hair that's actually discolored red and black now. That's Harley Quinn now, but not Harley Quinn before. So, like, same with Mara J that could easily happen. And we have to assume that everything for Expanded Universe that happened after Episode 7 is gone. I mean, Heir to the Empire, the Timothy Zahn novel, one of the biggest moments in Star Wars history outside the films was featured as like the graphic for this announcement. So right. it, it's frustrating. It's yeah. frustr it's frustrating to nerds specifically. Right, right. Like,
2: but we... if you were to say, you know what, five years from now, after you know a couple more of the movies came out, you know what? We really we really did like the idea of um of the Thrawn trilogy. Why don't we just reprint that and make that canon now? If there's something old that still fits, you could re-canonize it if that,
3: if I'm making well, it, any sense. It, it's funny because One of the big issues with canon as far as the Thrawn trilogy was he tried to explain the Clone Wars and Thrawn's like main Imperial second, Pelion, like he he had him remember himself fighting clones as a, you know, an officer in the Republic. So they're like, ah, well, then the prequels come out and they're like, oh, ah, shit, the clones fight for the Republic. That doesn't make sense. So then there's other material that now suddenly there's there's was a clo- like a batch of clones that were against the right right Republic. So, like, unfortunately, the way it is, like, you can't necessarily blank slate canonize the Thrawn trilogy and have it make sense with stuff that's already out. Right. 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 So if you really
2: liked it that much and someone at Disney really wanted to redo the Thrawn trilogy. Do it as a comic book, do it as a whatever, or do it as a video game, but just retell the story that would f- in a way that would fit. That, that would be their best bet.
1: Did you guys hear Timothy Zahn's response to the announcement?
3: I did read it. I don't remember. I do remember him saying that he'd be happy to, like, play in that universe again.
1: Nerdy show listener Max Acree posted it to the State of the Empire uh, forum posting, and uh, Zahn said, Since many are wondering, I have not yet been asked to write any new Star Wars books, but that doesn't mean I won't receive an invitation in the future. If that happens, whether or not I accept will depend on what kind of story I to write, what input I have in the content, what era to be in, etc., etc. Second, as far as I can tell from the announcement, Lucasfilm is not erasing the EU, but simply making it clear that nothing there is official canon. That's not necessarily a bad thing, nor does it immediately send everything into alternate universe status. If nothing from the Thrawn trilogy, say, is used in future movies, and if there's nothing in the movies that contradicts it, then we can reasonably continue to assume that those events did happen. It looks to me like the Legends banner is going to be used to mainly distinguish story group approved canon books from those that aren't officially canon but might still exist.
3: That's when you start getting into the head canon and what is it, Schrodinger's canon, you know, like Thrawn is both existing and non-existing until like, you know, you open the box and find out if he like, you know, (laughs) if in this parallel universe he exists or he doesn't. Maybe cause I'm such a like strict constructionist. It's like there's still a debate whether or not they were referring to post Return of the Jedi expand the universe and like pre Return of the Jedi. Like it, it's all or nothing, in my opinion. Like, I agree. I,
2: I think the mistake and again, I have nothing against the Clone Wars cartoon, but I think the mistake of including that as canon asks too many questions and it opens the door to too, too many plot holes.
1: But out of respect to Lucas, they had to like they couldn't. Yeah.
2: I mean, you, you got to keep the maybe prequels. even
1: contractually
2: they could not. Maybe, maybe, but um, I can understand like you have to keep the prequels because for obvious reasons, right? And you're obviously keeping the original trilogy because that's that's why we're that's why we're all here. But the Clone Wars animated. Maybe if Lucas had a special love for it and he really wanted them to keep it canon or whatever, I can understand, like, contractually they had to do it. But from a story standpoint, if you're going to be getting rid of Expanded Universe and you want to start fresh and you don't want any leaks in whatever you're building, it seems that they would have to cut the Clone Wars as well.
3: Well, essentially, it actually lends some validity to the uh, Chewbacca as a leader of the Rebellion theory that had been going around the Internet for years. Because he appears in Clone Wars and he ends up, you know, like fighting alongside Ahsoka. And then in, in Friends of the Sith, he's there fighting with Yoda. And then if in the cantina, Obi-Wan goes directly to Chewie to talk to him. And it's like this big, like, conspiracy that they have been, like, secretly leading the whole rebellion the entire time. And the link between all of them was essentially R2. Like, you know, there's this whole theory that... Leia's not putting the Death Star plans in him. She's just putting her recorded message in him that R2 the one that's been the brains of the entire rebellion <laughs> to begin with. And it, it's a it's a harebrained theory. But the weird thing is, like, Dave Filoni actually talks about the theory in a recent interview. I did. Yeah, yeah, I read that. Yeah, I don't buy it for a second. <laughs> so, no, I, I, I don't either. But I am happy that Filoni because R2 his favorite. And I like that he just, you know, kind of acknowledges it's like well it's a possibility you know chewy chewie has been heavily involved with you know resistance movements like with the main characters of all these you know canon sources mm-hmm. so. that's so ridiculous <laughs> so it, it was announced what
1: the first novel is of official canon and it is called Star Wars A New Dawn by John Jackson Miller. It's set prior to the events of Star Wars Rebels, and it tells the story of how the two lead characters of the series, uh, Canon Jarrus and Harrison Dula, cross paths. He's worked with all the executive producers of the show, Dave Filoni, Simon Kinsberg, and Greg Weissman. It comes out September 2nd. We'll link to where you can pre-order it. (laughs) 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 And don't forget, if you do pre-order or order things through Amazon, through Nerdy Show's links, then uh, you're supporting the show. So that's super cool and you should do it. Pre-order all these books. <laughs> Next up is Star Wars Tarkin by uh, James Luceno. And Matt, I'm curious if you've looked into this one at all.
3: Yes. And not just because I'm excited about, I don't know if it's Luceno, Luceno, I don't know how to pronounce his name. I only ever see it written. But right. like, as, as exciting it is that they're writing a Tarkin novel to kind of you know flesh out him a little bit. And hopefully, I, w- I would hope that he appears in, in Rebels. I think he would be a cool character to be, to be in Rebels. I think the most important thing here. Is that if anyone has read a lot of Expanded Universe, chances are you've read Luciano's material because he writes a lot of Star Wars. And the big thing about him that everyone knows is that he loves to name drop and connect various facets of the Expanded Universe together. He's always been the one that's like, I'm going to make this one small universe and... He wrote the Plegius book where he basically explained that the Sith were behind every major issue that the Jedi have faced since the beginning of their existence, all the way through Phantom Menace and, and Attack of Clones. And he had this whole thing that Plegius was even still alive during Phantom Menace, that Maul was just a kind of a pet, essentially, of Palpatine's. And that basically, Plegius was pulling the strings of Darth Maul also because he was just essentially he was a weapon. They didn't plan for him to be any like a real master. But anyway... Point was, is that he's always been really good with the Expanded Universe. And to me, when this news was announced, the first person I thought of was him because he obviously loved this playground so much. To get him to write the second book, I guarantee you he's going to name drop and establish like this person still exists in this new unified canon. This person still exists. This person. I'm sure he got permission to use various things. He's going to reestablish some aspects of the Expanded Universe as part of the Unified Canon. So I'm really excited about that one.
1: Next up is Star Wars Heir to the Jedi. I can't help but smirk at that title because I feel (laughs) like it's intentionally chosen at this point. It's by Kevin Hearn, and uh, it was intended to be the final installment in the Empire and Rebellion series, which I'm not familiar with, but is now a standalone book. The story will take place before the events in Empire Strikes Back.
3: I believe the first two were actually co-written books. So Kevin Hearn was one of the authors, but I'm pretty sure they were released under like a, a pen name for like two authors. But... Why bother releasing the third of a like and and saying that that one's canon? Like, I I don't I don't get that unless they were like really happy with the result or if it somehow plays into either rebels or even the I doubt anything related to the sequel trilogy. But and I feel
1: because it's set before Empire Strikes Back, it's fair to assume that whatever happened. It's fair to assume that all three of them are in canon. They certainly must be.
3: The thing is, they, they weren't really related to each other. They were... One of the novels focused on Leia, one of them focused on Han, and basically kind of told like fun, A New Hope-style adventures oh. that didn't have like heavy repercussions. I see and this how
1: the, this makes sense now.
3: Yeah, and this is the Luke-centric one. And so my thought is... I would not be shocked to find out that it has some sort of connection to whether the Inquisitor ends up making an appearance or is bad guy. Something related to Rebels. That's my guess for the the book.
1: One that um, definitely ties into Rebels to some degree is the final announced one, which is Star Wars Lords of the Sith by Paul Kemp. The summary is, when the Emperor and his notorious apprentice Darth Vader find themselves stranded in the middle of insurgent action on an inhospitable planet, they must rely solely on each other. The Force... And their awesome martial skills to prevail. And it's uh, credited, not just to Paul Kemp, but like in in the description, created in collaboration with the Lucasfilm Story Group. And I think that's a phrase we're going to see a lot of from now on. From the author's website, it says, it also features a character who I'm not allowed to name just yet, but who appeared in the Clone Wars animated series. In terms of where it fits in the timeline, Lords of the Sith is set after the Revenge of the Sith film and before the forthcoming Rebels television show.
3: I think it's going to feature like Hondo or Cad Bane. One of those like the, the more fan favorite creations from Clone Wars. But they, they did create it's it's interesting. I think the best characters from Clone Wars were the ones that they created uniquely for Clone Wars besides Ahsoka. So I, my, my guess is it would be some sort of like bad guy element from Clone Wars is just going to appear in, in that. I've heard the book already referred to as Sith Back Mountain. <laughs> um, the two two of them because i guess somebody made the mistake of like saw the the martial skills and thought it was marital
1: (laughs) (laughs) skim my rose vader
3: (laughs) (laughs) penetrate me with your dark force all too easy Now that there hasn't been, you know, there's no established material in this new, you know, Disney verse or whatever, like starting out with a novel that really shows the like inherent darkness of Sidious and Vader together would be actually pretty cool.
2: It's funny how, on one hand, it sounds really badass, but on the other, it sounds like it could be fucking hilarious. Like, you could <laughs> yeah. be, it's like, if the subtitle for that was a comedy novel <laughs> like, or a humorous <laughs> novel, I can see it being like a really bad buddy cop film. <laughs>
1: Concluding our discussion about Star Wars books, in previous episode we talked about how Brian Wood's Star Wars series, The Dark Horse, is over, it's ending. And uh, there's no indication from him or anyone else that he's going to be continuing it or following it up at Marvel. As far as we know, that's 100% true. He was recently interviewed by a big comic page about it, and he said this, Dark Horse was playing it safe, and the 20 issues they had contracted me for took us right up to the deadline. So since I also tend to play things safe in my career, I was assuming that 20 was all I would ever do. So there'd be no surprises, except, I guess, a happy one if I was able to write more. So while I do feel that Dark Horse is better for Star Wars than Marvel is, I'm not personally affected so much. At the end of the day, I think the fans deserve excellent Star Wars comics, and it's up to any publisher to not screw that up.
3: Well said. Yeah, very well said.
2: It is comforting to know that he... Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds.
1: At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite
2: he went into it knowing there'd only be 20 yeah. and that he kind of prepared for that so hopefully i won't feel heartbroken when i read the last one it'll be a little more like okay that was one complete story that he wanted to tell and it's it's good
1: brian wood's series just called star wars is the greatest star wars comic i've ever read and um ditto link to where you can buy it on this episode's page
2: it, it, please buy it it's it, it's it's amazing
1: Recent Star Wars comic, perhaps even the last new title to come out from Dark Horse. I don't know if the the, uh, the Darth Maul Clone Wars tie-in has happened yet. But we can assume that one's 100% canonical because it's derived from Clone Wars scripts that aren't being
3: produced as episodes. It was confirmed in the press release. Cool, okay. It is, it is part of the unified canon.
1: So there's, there's one other thing coming out, and that's a miniseries called Star Wars Rebel Heist by Matt Kent. Matt Kent's known for uh, a lot of indie work, and um, recently he's gotten involved with the big two, Marvel and DC. He's best known for his book Mind Management. He was asked to write a Star Wars comic and he was really uncomfortable with it because he's like, I can't write Star Wars. I've been, I've loved Star Wars all my life. Just, how, can I, how can I possibly write stories about these characters like it was nothing? And he's like, Oh, I'll write a story about a character who has heard about these characters and is encountering them in real life and is and suffers all the the, the, the <laughs> disillusionment and awe and everything else that a fan would have. Well that's
2: good. It sounds like he's honest
1: writing what he knows. I've read the first issue and 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 it's good. It's good so far. Well, let's cut to a track. Right now we got something from Nerf Herder. This song did back in 2012. It's called I'm the droid you're looking for. Beating. you mentioned the, the Visceral Games thing, and I guess we can assume that these games are also part of the... The new canon. The new canon,
3: yeah. Yes, yeah. As a matter of fact, uh, Lucasfilm came out and already said that the announced dice and visceral game whatever the unannounced rumored open world game is that they would be part of new canon as well as any future star wars game property which is interesting because that means obviously if they make more future lego star wars games they're not gonna be part of that sort of canon i don't know if that was just a blanket statement on games that aren't related to movies yeah
1: well i mean we could assume that star wars attack squadron and tiny death star and all that stuff is not canon but i think it'll be it'll be pretty obvious when it is canon yeah yeah the piece of news that I have about these games is that a actor and writer named uh, Todd Sashwick, who's been in the show Justified, he's the author of the webcomic Devil Inside, is co-writing the new Star Wars game at Visceral with former Naughty Dog creative director Amy Heng, And uh, Heng actually tweeted a picture of herself having breakfast with Sashwick and voice actor Nolan North and Lord of the Rings star and also prominent voice actor Dominic Monaghan. And Monaghan was wearing a Star Wars shirt. So uh, well, I wear a Star Wars shirt that does not mean shit sure sure but then he's he's there hanging out with these people i'm saying that that monahan and nolan north could be the right. leads for the visceral game that sounds great i'm i'm interested you know unless billy williams is the lead you know unless <laughs> unless, unless that happens we can only uh, one can only hope so uh, what else do we know about that anything it's been pretty hush hush
3: you know i know visceral for dead space i don't really know them for any sort of open world game i would be uh Oh, actually, they did the Godfather games, which I guess were well-received back in the day. Those were open world.
2: Actually, I played the first Godfather game, considering the limitations. I played it on PS2. I liked it. It was a little repetitive. The naysayers would just really call it like a GTA sort of knockoff. But it was surprisingly well-tied into the film franchise that it was representing. You could tell they gave it a lot of thought and consideration on everything that you were doing, where you as the character you were playing would fit in behind the scenes or sort of in-between scenes. Like, you would see a famous scene from the movie happening, and your character is witnessing it outside of a window. So, like, if you watch the film, you could sit there and go, my character's just off camera. But but not having, like, a huge impact on, on changing the destiny of what the characters in the film are doing. So, knowing that they did that, that actually gets me a little bit even more excited for it. If they can take that same approach, it'd be very interesting.
3: Yeah, no, that'd be awesome. Plus, with, you know, the writer of Uncharted, I mean, that means that someone who understands the spirit of a certain type of swashbuckling adventure, you mm-hmm. know, because they did such a great job emulating kind of like um, what a modern Indiana Jones should be, not Crystal Skull, but Uncharted. Right. And hopefully they can kind of use that, you know, Visceral's doing an open world game with Star Wars. I mean, they've collected themselves a pretty good group of talent. Do we know if the new game, the open world game, like what era it takes place in? Have they dropped any hint of that whatsoever? I got to imagine right now, Disney is so original trilogy involved at the moment that I can't expect that they'll cross any other sort of uh, era at the moment, even for Battlefront. I actually prefer in the Battlefront games to play in the prequel era. I think as far as like it's very unique kind of military era, but I think the dice game is going to end up being just original trilogy. A lot of uh, Imperial Walkers, which I'm okay with.
1: So uh, a topic that we've reached in regards to Star Wars video games in past episodes is that uh, a lot of um, dirty laundry has been aired about stuff that was going on at Lucasfilm, games that weren't made, from all the way from very prominent games that weren't made like Star Wars 1313, all the way to some more obscure stuff. And uh, something was just released not too very long ago about uh, Red Fly Studios was working on a, a Darth Maul video game. Yeah. They'd gotten some relationship with Lucasfilm after working on the uh, Wii and PlayStation 2 versions of the Force Unleashed 2 And uh, they were working on this game for eight months, but were made unaware that the character was being resurrected for Clone Wars. And once the Clone Wars plan solidified, Lucas decided he wanted the game to be, quote, a buddy cop-like experience between Maul and Darth Talon. And then Lucasfilm dismissed them where they just stopped talking to the studio for a couple weeks and then, and then said, ah, oh, it's cancelled. And this is actually concurrent with a lot of information that was released. The really in-depth and fantastic article from Game Informer called Fall of the Empire, How Inner Turmoil Brought Down LucasArts by Andrew Reiner.
2: That's a great article, yeah.
1: Yeah, highly recommend reading it. It's a long one, but um, if you wanted to know like what's been going on and why all these crazy fucking things have been happening that we've been talking
2: about, it's got it all there. It made me groan out loud. <laughs> I was just—I reading it by myself. I was going no, like over and over again. Before they officially announced that the big three out of the big four were we're, were going to be returning, a couple websites were reporting that oh, Mark Hamill, Curry Fisher, and Harrison Ford have been spotted in London. So this is suggesting that it's going to happen soon. And who knows? Maybe that led to the pressure of them announcing it sooner than they maybe had originally planned. I don't know. But there were a couple like tweets that were hints that they were in London and someone I can't remember who, but someone had tweeted a picture with Mark Hamill and he had like an Obi-Wan beard situation going on. I don't know if you could really tell in like the new picture, like whether they're sitting around reading the script or whatever. I don't know if he kept it or not. But there was uh, an interview like from uh, this, maybe it may even be going back a year now where someone asked Mark Hamill if he were to come back would he have a beard? So it was like beard or no beard. This is way before they ever announced that this was that he was officially involved, but everybody had assumed that he would be involved. And he says, well, based on what has gone before, I have a feeling it's a beard, but I have no confirmation of that. My wife said, if you grow a beard, you'll cover up your cleft chin. That's not something that <laughs> occurred to me, but I can only guess. I've never read any of the novelizations or anything, but someone said to me, you're married and you have children. Based on Obi-Wan, I would have guessed that I'd be living in an igloo or something. He was more spiritual. He didn't have a wife or children. And when you find out that the only eligible woman in the galaxy is your sister, it really cuts down your odds of hooking up with anyone. <laughs> but that's not what these movies are about. The charm of the trilogy is that it appeals to the child in all of us. It goes back to playing in your backyard. It's very primal. It's good versus evil. A high sense of adventure.
3: That was cool. Yeah. And I've actually seen online uh, petitions to make sure that he has a beard.
2: I, I would sign it <laughs> i think because yeah. from the twitter picture it, it was fitting it looked it made him look cool okay i've blown oh, yeah, i've blown up this long.
1: image he does have a beard in the nice. cast photo i hope he keeps it and he's he's sitting right next to max von Sydow, whom you see the back of the head of but i imagine that they both have the same beard in my mind's eye so i know so, it to be true so then
2: here's the speculation is max von a <laughs> good guy or bad guy <laughs> if i had to guess i'd say based on his history he's a bad guy he's been good guys before he has been good guys He's been
1: very good guys. He's, he's been also very prominent villains. So it's 50-50. So, we, <laughs> yeah. so we're
2: right back where we started. We don't know.
1: <laughs> Correct. <laughs> so the one thing we haven't really talked about much, uh, it's kind of a big deal, between this episode and the last, Rebels, Star Wars Rebels, we hung out with Greg Weissman at the Greg weissman He's mm-hmm. the He's one of the uh, executive producers of the show. It, that was great. Of course, he hasn't been able to say... Pretty much anything about rebels right, of course um, but uh, they they released all the characters among them are an, an alien named zeb who looks mysteriously like the early wookie designs and he's voiced by um, steve bloom which is awesome he does this amazing really throaty bizarre voice that sounds like it's coming from an alien throat we asked Greg about it. He says that's his voice. That is just a voice he can do. There's wow. no augmentation there. Huh. Of course, he's, he's a really talented, really awesome guy. We'll link on this episode's page to where you can hear our interview with him from several years ago. There's Ezra, a 14-year-old con artist voiced by Taylor Gray, and
2: most famously, the Jedi cowboy played by Freddie Prinze Jr., Kanan. You know, we started to talk about this at Nerdy Show Live. We just touched on it briefly. I just got to say that cowboy Jedi thing. I mean, it could work. I just don't know. My feelings are just simply that if you didn't grow up learning the jedi code and 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 being taught by a jedi master if you're self-taught i don't think they should refer to you as a jedi so when they call this guy a jedi cowboy is he just a kid with force sensitive abilities that made his own lightsaber and just kind of you know dicked around or are they insinuating that this was a full-on jedi back during the clone wars or maybe he was
3: like a young kid jedi who escaped i recall seeing that uh he escaped the purge. But I think he was young. So I think there's only like five years before New Hope.
2: I believe it's five years before a New Hope Correct. is when uh, is when Rebels takes place. So if he's like 30s or 40s, then he was a kid when he escaped. That can kind of explain the lack of guidance or why he maybe is kind of like a you know swashbuckling. It,
1: let's let's put it this way: He survived the purge. He looks like he's like 20, 30 years old, maybe 30. Mm-hmm. And there's 20 years between. Revenge of the Sith, and A New Hope. Yeah. Well, so, actually,
3: that, that, that's been brought up lately, too, is there's nothing except reference material that's established that. They're actually thinking that part of the new canon is Clone Wars has always been too bunched up in that three-year period, including the canon cartoon. I agree with they that. Might actually, they might actually be spreading that into like a five, six-year war. That's the rumor from that would, fans. That would be on, great. On that. Yeah, and so that also goes into saying the only one that ever establishes time as far as a novel's concern is I think the return of the Jedi novelization said it had been like nine Tatooine months since Empire, but you know that doesn't really tell you how many you know no, Earth months. It, doesn't. it doesn't
2: mean shit
1: they're, they're, no, 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 they're, like, they're orbiting between a, uh in a binary yeah. sol, sun system like yeah. who, who the fuck knows yeah how, yeah, how long yeah is now
3: like the atlases and everything are thrown out too like Tatooine actually could be the point that's farthest from the bright center of the universe <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah what am i gonna do with my old star wars
3: encyclopedias is that all crap now kindling oh yeah everything
2: oh man then this character we
1: haven't talked about who's very uh well i don't know if she's divisive because i think we're all on the same side about this is this character sabine she's a mandalorian who's been described as sassy spunky feisty and has a
2: little bit of attitude Ugh.
1: she's got an expert
3: knowledge of weapons and arms and she likes blowing things up with flair the mc at the disney event i worked described her as the lethal artist <laughs> what it- she tags like she she spray paints and stuff is it when mary she, sabine she causes destruction
1: I don't know what that means.
2: As a, is she a Mary Sue
3: is what I'm getting at? Like, is, is this what this this character? Uh, po- possibly to like the umpteenth level, even though one of the things I was actually reading that people there was a, a large force on that forum post about like, what is it you're not going to miss? And then the number one voted thing was we get rid of all the Mary Sue's because there have been a lot of them over the years. Yeah. Chewbacca's a Mary Sue. <laughs> Isn't there a male version? There's Gary. Mary Stu. Sue. Oh, Gary Sue.
2: Yeah. I was considering doing a tangent on the hard truth of uh, uh, Chewbacca is a Gary Stu. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I got evidence, but it's, we won't go, we'll save that for another time. Did you guys hear about Wikipedia? did? No, what they do. They changed their uh, quote of the day or whatever. It's a George Lucas quote from 88, when he says, People who alter or destroy works of art and our cultural heritage for profit or as an exercise of power are barbarians. <laughs> 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 they're not happy. <laughs> Supposedly, they're going to be... Um, Instead of because I know the the Star Trek fan wikis, there's like one that's like just show only, and then there's one that's like you know the, the Star Trek expanded mm-hmm. canon. And uh, apparently, Wikipedia is going to try to do it where there's going to be uh, two tabs for every.
1: Oh, movie. oh my god! yeah you know, there's
3: going to be a a canon one and a legends one. Oh, and hey guys, Boba Fett's dead. That's kind of exciting. <laughs> we mean Boba Fett's dead.
2: Well, well, he's in
3: the Sarlacc now.
2: Oh, because you know they know he no longer got out. I got you. Unless the opening of the film is much like Patton Oswalt's uh, interpretation, <laughs> yeah. where it just you just cut to the Starlak Pit, Jabba's skiff is like just freshly been destroyed, smoke billowing out, and just a gloved hand just reaches out, pulling him out of there. A good post-credit scene, I think. Episode seven ends the end credits roll, and it ends. Then suddenly, just cuts to thirty years earlier. Here's
1: the thing with Boba Fett if he just died there in that kind of weird way and all we had was the original trilogy sure whatever but the fact that like he was played up as such a character with all the development he had in the clone wars and, and all that mm-hmm. if he doesn't show up in the new trilogy they would be doing a disservice to the character as From a, the
2: clone wars and stuff
1: yeah like yeah. At, in an effort to make the new trilogy feel important if yeah, like I it's, mean, heck, it's carrying you, on the storytelling dude you, know? you
2: great point because if the prequel films are canon jango fett they are the clones right so if you don't have boba fett somehow involved which
3: is probably why they're doing that spinoff film based on boba fett it would make sense
2: yeah we'll see we'll see what happens
3: and schrodinger's canon there's no- nothing telling me that stormtroopers aren't clones right now there's nothing telling me that they started constricting regular people well oh yeah i guess i guess that's right yeah and to me that's that's very disney now if you think about it when they're like oh well they're not killing like the normal citizens of the galaxy you know like you know luke and them they they've just been killing clones which obviously is not you know more ethical but it's still well you the know. voices aren't the same unless they go back and redub all the voices no uh, they only redubbed boba himself right
2: so i'm saying when you go out of your way to redub boba and you don't go out of your way to redub every stormtrooper. That suggests to me that they're not all clones.
3: And I think George said himself that the stormtroopers aren't clones. Right. But, I, you know, there's nothing within the universe at the moment that indicates that they started doing that. I'm sure at some point, even within Rebels, maybe. But speaking of Rebels, going back real quick to these characters, I think Kanan, I think it's interesting that they're trying to mix Luke and Han, I feel like that's what they were going after there. I'm kind of hoping he doesn't end up with a older Jedi figure that tries to get him because apparently he keeps it very under wraps like he doesn't use the force and he certainly tries not to use his lightsabers, at least initially, apparently, as, as, to you sh- as realistically you, you should if you're in this world where the Empire has won. Exactly. And it sounds like he's ashamed of his Jedi Ness, which I think would be really cool. Yeah, I have a feeling they're probably going to introduce this is still my prediction. I think the veteran Jedi character that's going to bring it out of him, I still think it's going to be Ahsoka. Filoni mentioned he was talking to, to Ashley Eckstein the other day. The quote was that he thinks it's weird because he feels like he's still doing Clone Wars because he's still going to work and he's working with the same people and that he called Ashley Eckstein and actually explained that to her like yeah. in a conversation they were having. It seems to me that sounds like you're rubbing in that haha, you're not working on the show anymore. Unless I think I, I wouldn't be surprised if that ended up being the veteran Jedi And based on her character's dismissal or not dismissal, but she decides to voluntarily leave the order after season five and she isn't in the Netflix season. It'd be a really cool return. They have to resolve that like they have to. Someone has to resolve that. Your prediction
2: rings very true, although I'm just I'm not a fan of bringing in more Jedi this late in the game as far as the war is concerned.
3: I agree with you. And one of the few exciting things about getting rid of the canon is you've taken the number of Jedi that have survived the purge from like a few dozen down to like right now we have what three Obi-Wan, Yoda and Kanan. You have the opportunity to, to keep it that way because that's always become a problem in Star Wars Expanded Universe. The right. nice explanation we got in the Expanded Universe was just immediately after Revenge of the Sith. It was a rise and fall of Darth Vader or whatever it was called by James Luceno. Vader obsessed over a particular Jedi that was hiding on Kashyyyk and he you know basically raised the planet in order to get rid of him and he finally killed him at the end and and there's this very dramatic lightsaber fight where right before Vader killed the guy, like the guy saw into the future and saw a future in which the re- Empire was falling on Coruscant. And he realized that, yeah, the Jedi are eventually going to win anyway. And he kind of like he ended up dying with a smile on his face and it, it really pissed off Vader because he's like, how the fuck? could You know, he's like he's this Jedi's dead and and yet he's still, you know, happy about it. And, and it drove him nuts. And the final scene is a conversation between Palpatine and Vader with with Palpatine basically saying, like, Dude, chill. I know there's a bunch of Jedi that escaped, but they are so not worth a damn anymore because we are so powerful and they are, they're completely lost you know, in the scheme of the Force. Don't worry about them. They're just you know, remnants. And that was a good explanation for all the Jedi that escaped the Purge. But now that everything is restarted, I don't think they should do that again. Yeah. They, they need to limit it to, I would say, one more. If they're going to do Ahsoka, hopefully it's done well, that it's forgivable. But they shouldn't do more than four survive the purge i
2: uh, I just think don't even bring in a master character. I think it'd be more interesting if you have this guy he's a lost Jedi and he doesn't have a mentor to look up to, so he's constantly mm-hmm. torn on
3: everything, especially in a sort of a fractured galaxy that doesn't have like a structured alliance and they're just like you know a, a team yeah like that, that would be and if,
2: if, you, if you're going to go into how they form the rebel alliance and if the rebel alliance is formed by a guy who maybe had five years of jedi training when he was a kid and that was 30 years ago or rather 25 mm-hmm. years ago that seems more interesting to me than a guy who's a lost soul who finds a jedi master and learns the right way and then together they join forces and start the rebel alliance it's like i wanted to feel as desperate as possible not not like dark and mood or in a tone or whatever but just a matter of like The Rebel Alliance is like really scrapping together what loose things they have and they really don't stand a chance at
3: first. And unfortunately, I think one of the things that's against that possibility is the whole push in the Rebels, like all the Filoni interviews and everything is about how is it's getting back to basics, getting back to a new hope and getting it back to that fun brand Star Wars. And and to me. That sounds like a group that's going to say, like, well, how can we emulate the cast and the story structure of A New Hope as much as possible? And right. that would end up being, you know, some sort of wizard character. Yeah, mentor character. Yeah. yeah.
1: And I don't know about the dynamic between Filoni and Weissman, but in Weissman shows, he has an, a knack for setting up a status quo. And then drastically changing it from Gargoyles to Young Justice, most clear in Young Justice, where it started in very like episodic, makes sense, general superhero show. Then some big consequences happen. The first season ends on a mystery. Then the next season starts five years later with all the characters having like changed relationships, grown five years worth. And these are teen characters. So it's big steps. And then the past comes back to haunt them. And in Gargoyles, how many different locales? First, the Gargoyles are camping out on Xanatos' castle. Then they're hanging out in the uh, tower above the police precinct. And then for like half a season, they're on a boat wandering through time and space. And then they get back to the police precinct and then it's blown up. And then they go back to Xanatos' castle uneasily because they don't have anywhere else to go. You think you know what the status quo is. Boom, gone. Yeah, which is cool. Hopefully that part of his writing style will show, you know?
2: You know, you know what might be the best of both scenarios that we're talking about here with, oh, is Ahsoka bringing, bringing in Ahsoka as a mentor? Is that going to be a thing? And, oh, do we really want to bring in more Jedi or whatever? What if, now this is complete speculation, but this is what this podcast is all about. What if them bringing in Ahsoka to be the mentor to Kanan in the beginning really
3: does mirror Obi-Wan in a new hope? This is the death of Ahsoka. Yeah, fuck. Yeah. And all those kids that, you know, have now grown up loving Clone Wars an immensely popular show. I mean, that's that's a defining moment for someone. Turn Ahsoka into
2: Obi-Wan. If you're going in that direction, then go in that direction how Luke felt lost, like, where he's like, I don't know, my father was really this, and I had a, you know, whatever, life is crappy, Obi-Wan shows up, it's like, follow me, I'll put you back on the right path, great, Uh, you know what, I'm feeling really good about this, you know, even though aunt and uncle died, you know, at least now I'm I'm doing this, and it feels right, and then Obi-Wan dies, and then he's like, fuck, you know, because now he doesn't know what to do, this seems fitting to me, if you have this character who's like, well, I was a Jedi, but, I don't know, Jedi's kind of not that way anymore. It's kind of whatever. I don't care. I'm not really proud to be a Jedi whatever. I use it to cheat at cards, you know, like whatever. And then all <laughs> of a sudden Ahsoka shows up and is like, "Oh, young one, you know, you 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 got much to learn, blah blah blah." And he's like, "What? You're a Jedi? That that can't be right." And then she sort of shows him the way, sets him on the right track, but then dies defending him from the inquisitor who shows up. I'm weirdly curious to see what ahsoka's going to look like as a hot older woman. Who says she's got to be a hot older woman?
1: I don't know. I mean, she could have let really let herself go, but I mean,
2: how old is her, her species? Do they get to be like 900 know. years old like oh, like Yoda? So is she going to look old or is she going to look just kind of normal?
3: I, I don't know. I'm not Maybe sure she, if that she'll, have, ever she'll have grown a, a Jedi's cycle, beard. <laughs> well, it's normal you know, for my species. Like, you, you mentioned Ahsoka dying by the Inquisitor. What if it was... Anakin Skywalker himself, he both kills both his apprentice and his master. That would be good. I just wouldn't assume that they would do that because it would give little kids nightmares because if they really... Forever. Anakin, yeah.
2: <laughs> Anakin killed oak. I can't watch
3: anymore. <laughs> so my, my favorite joke title I saw was Episode 7, Return on Investment. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope that it's not the critical notices we'll read Episode 7,
2: Return to Sender. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. That's bleak. Yeah.
1: Well, it's time for Willow Watch.
3: Willow. Willow.
1: In this Willow Watch, we have no new Willow news, <laughs> um, which is, should be no surprise. However, that's because, in lieu of not having Willow Watch right now, We're on the verge of having an all Willow Watch episode.
2: (laughs) So it's not even going to be a State of the Empire. It's going to be a straight up Willow Watch episode.
1: Yeah. But if you're subscribed to State of the Empire on iTunes, you'll still
2: get Willow Watch. Nice.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Here's why we're having an all Willow Watch episode. Recently, Doug came into the possession of the much-coveted Willow Sourcebook, it's
2: awesome. Yes.
1: we, We read some excerpts from it, and we'll read some excerpts on the show, and it's incredible. It's everything you could ever hope it would be. Amazing backstory set in the world of Willow. Elaboration on all kinds of different people, places, things. And it all syncs up with the theory of
2: there being an extensive Bible for Willow. Like the film, this almost feels like an abridged bible is what it feels like like a really shortened watered down version of something that was much bigger yeah, everything
1: in the source book syncs up in an in interesting ways with what was in the novelization and so on and so forth so it all feels quite unified well something that, that didn't occur to me was that there was this name on the, on the cover of the book the guy credited with with writing it alan varney and eventually doug said his name to me and he's like yeah, this guy alan varney he's done some he's done some stuff i was like wait wait a goddamn minute I've spoken with Alan Varney. Alan Varney emailed me out of the blue one day. Alan Varney is the guy when we announced that we were doing a Paranoia XP RPG one shot, came to me and said, hey, I wrote Paranoia XP. Here's all the source material so you can do an awesome episode. That same Alan Varney wrote the Willow fucking source book.
2: We've got him on speed dial. <laughs> yeah, so suffice
1: it to say, once we realized this, I emailed him and said, hey, dude, uh, uh, you, would you like to do a show? And so at some point in the near future, probably before the next State of the Empire, we'll have an all Willow Watch episode talking to Alan Varney,
2: the guy who wrote this entire tome of Willow lore. And that'll hopefully carry at least sort of carry us over in a buffer zone so we can do Star Wars weekends, have
3: more stuff after that. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> I had a willow thought yeah regarding the expanded universe were there ducks in willow there were chickens. There were pigs. There were chi- chickens and pigs. And horses. For some reason, I'm trying to remember if there were ducks or not. Because <laughs> I see, I know where you're going with this. <laughs> well, I know where you're going <laughs> with this. Because ducks are still in the Star Wars canon because they were in the Return of the Jedi well, novelization. So are human beings. And if there were ducks in Willow, I thought I could find a way to kind of squeeze the possibility that it, it, it could still be part of the Star Wars universe. Because in my mind, in my own head canon, Willow was part of the Star Wars universe. That's right. all I have to say on that. <laughs> At this point, it's as valid as anything, right? There was a yeah, duck
2: like yeah. creature. In Captain EO, was there not?
3: Duck-like creature.
2: No, I'm thinking of the, that two-headed thing that was... Uh, uh, oh, yeah. It had, yeah, it had yeah. beaks, but it wasn't a duck beak. At first I thought yeah. that was a duck beak. I'm thinking of Howard the Duck, probably. Never mind.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Thus instead State of the Empire, but uh, we're not done yet. we got to give some shout-outs to some awesome people. Nerdy Show is an entirely listener-supported network. It's up to you guys, if you like what you hear, on this show or any of our other programming or Nerdy FM, to support us because it costs money to run all this stuff, and your donations are our primary source of income to offset that. So it takes $300 a month at bare bones for us to run everything here, and anything more than that helps us do more awesome stuff. This past month, April 2014, we got $345 from the extremely generous Joshua Martinez, Elizabeth Parkhurst, Big Bad Shadow Man. Rent Bouchard, Eric Maxiner, Joshua Machette, Anna Barrich, Dr. Talos, Barry I, Joe Barda, Stefan Johansson, Alexander Alverson, Mauron, and Sage Zero. Thank you, guys. Rent Bouchard said, Huzzah, the return of Derpy Show. Rejoice. Because after like three months of hiatus, Derpy Show finally returned recently. And Mauron, he said something similar. He said, Hooray for Derp! <laughs> <laughs> Sage Zero said, loved the new D&D and Nerd Groove and very, very much excited for Bits, Rhymes, and Life. Here's a little something to top the month off for you. Those shows you mentioned, Nerd Groove and Bits, Rhymes, and Life, are two brand new shows on the Nerdy Show Network. The Nerd Groove, which has already debuted, is our new nerd music show coming monthly from Dr. Vern of Sci-Fried and Nerdy FM. Bits, Rhymes, and Life comes out this Wednesday, May 7th, and that is a slice of life show from Nerdcore rapper Random, aka Mega Ran, and producer and beatsmith K Murdoch. Nice. Two awesome shows. You should check them both out. They'll have independent iTunes subscriptions shortly. And of course, you can always subscribe to all the Nerdy Show Network shows on the main Nerdy Show Network feed on iTunes. And starting the new month, starting May, our first donation comes from Big Bad Shadow Man who said, five bucks for the new Ghostbusters episode.
2: Awesome. Thank you.
1: And also, loyal, nerdy show citizen Russell Spicklemyer most generously chipped in. Don't forget, guys, we're still looking for some Willow fanfic, particularly some Star Wars Willow crossover fanfic. That'd be great. Uh, Day of the Hippo, you sent us some, uh, some Willow X-Men kind of crossover <laughs> fanfic. Man, that was a tough pill to swallow. <laughs> <laughs> we'll link to where you can check that out on this episode's page, but if you find any more or you write some yourself, let us know. Send us what you got. In closing, Doug, I hear you got some new Star Wars jokes for us. Yes. Where did Luke get his bionic hand? Jesus Christ, Doug. I, I <laughs> don't know. Where, where did Luke get his bionic hand?
2: The second hand shop. Oh, boy. <laughs> Hex was a really, really big fan of uh, Uncle Owen jokes. Uh-huh. And I talked about his life insurance before. Did you hear about um, Uncle Owen's mortgage?
3: No, I, I did not. He bought the farm. Jesus. <laughs> Jen, you may you may have heard this one before. Why did the stormtrooper go to the library on Tatooine? I, I don't know. Cause he had a book due back? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's you, good. You win this time. <laughs> I actually heard that one today. <laughs> For
2: the first time. I got one that's a spin on an old joke. Let's let's see how this how this goes.
3: Why did the ewok fall out of the tree? I don't know, Doug. Why did he fall out of the tree? Because he was dead.
2: <laughs> now he's made you think of that scene from Return of the Jedi
1: all over again. So this has been State of the Empire. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to keep the conversation going, we've got a thread on the forum so you can do that. Comment on this episode's page. Hit us up on Facebook, however you want to do it. Taking us out is a brand new track from Mega Ran released to commemorate May the 4th. It's called The Force Pull and uh we'll see you next time. Bye I'm Cap. Bye I'm Doug. Bye I'm Matt.
4: Happy May 4th. Make a brand. Slot 25, 1977. Before Mega Ran would come into inception, everything you ever experienced would be questioned. A man would be admired for the depth of his perception. Yeah, you know I'm talking about Star Wars. We were kids doing back spins on the cardboard, using wiffle bats as lightsabers to duel, reenacting scenes at recess in school. Meanwhile, Ran flow smooth as Lando, Commando. E11s a charged with ammo. You were unwise to lower your defenses. We bust through the entrance to snatch our. Percentage, fly casual, music gut loud, new hope arises like I say they in the clouds. Give me 12 sex for the castle run. The race to immortality has just begun. What? The force is strong with this one. He performs with all odds against them. Those who tricked them aren't all the victims. Bring it on Cause you know they all can get some. Concentrate, 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 concentrate. concentrate 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 a long time ago in the galaxy far away a love-hate relationship started really it's hard to say they do something ridiculous i accuse them of milking it but then something new comes out and i'm digging it you can find my lack of faith disturbing but i couldn't believe the scripts that they get turned in so forever give them the dopest poems you can use my notes to patch up broken homes sidious lyricists controlling clones watch your mouth kid or you'll find yourself floating home Usher in a new era in rap. Admiral Ackbar's right, cause it's really a trap. It's made forth every day for the millions of cats. New trilogy, yo, they bringing it back. And it's for all y'all. Mega friend, I play hardball. Saw y'all shorter than the screen time for Darth Maul. Still haven't quite forgiven them for Jar Jar. But singing a am mad would be a lost cause. Cause I'll return like Mandalorians and DeLoreans. This is Red 5, I'm going in. The force is strong with this one he performs with all odds against them those who tricked them are all the victims bring it on because you know they all can get some concentrate 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 concentrate
1: Thanks for listening to Nerdy Show. We mean that. As listener-supported entertainment, we rely on you to keep this and other shows on the Nerdy Show network alive by telling a friend, rating and reviewing us on iTunes, shopping at nerdyshow.com store, or directly donating to the network. Any size contribution gets you exclusive Nerdy Show audio and images and lets you participate in our monthly support drives. Just go to nerdyshow.com support to chip in. To find out how you or your company can underwrite this or other nerdy show programming, visit nerdyshow.com/sponsorships. For more episodes of Nerdy Show, as well as other fine programs, community forums, videos, articles and more, head over to nerdyshow.com. You can subscribe to all Nerdy Show Network podcasts via the iTunes Store, and for the latest news, follow us on all your favorite social networks. Spring is that you. Warmer temps mean new Albert styles.